eyes are closed Shoots up to the stony ground There's no room No space to rent in this town You're out of luck And the reason that you had to care The traffic is stuck And you're the reason everywhere Well, it is, in fact, a beautiful day. Hey, just talking to my friend Ray Edwards. It's a beautiful day where he is out in Spokane, Washington. I'm here in Nashville, Tennessee. We're going to be talking tonight here on our regular Tuesday night brainstorming session where I have the privilege of bringing in the bright and the best talented people that are lurking around in 48days.net community. And Ray's an active member there and has a lot of value to offer. I can't wait to get into our topic tonight. Ray, thanks for being with us. Well, thank you for inviting me, Dan. It's, it's my pleasure, and I'm really excited about this. Well, you, you know, I love these unique areas of expertise that members bring to the table. You know, the, the days of thinking, even as entrepreneurs, that we do everything ourselves, is really an obsolete idea. I mean, when I think about all the people who contribute their areas of expertise to what I do here, it just blows me away. I mean, I probably do two or three out of the 25 things that need to be done, and I let other competent people come to the table with their areas of expertise. You have established yourself as the master, the go-to guy in a particular niche. Now, before I tell people what that is, of course, anybody listening already knows, but you are, in fact, a communication strategist, an Internet business expert, got in early. I want to pick your brain about that. Of course, I listen, as many people do, to the top-rated Ray Edwards show, the weekly iTunes podcast on building, growing, and profiting from your own Internet-based business. But beyond that, and this is where you have your expertise, you're known around the world, not just a country, but around the world, as the copywriter to the stars, the go-to guy for copywriting and Internet product launches. Now, you've helped a whole lot of people do that, you know, probably over $100 million in products and services sold through your copywriting efforts. And your client list is just stellar, working with people like Tony Robbins, Michael Hyatt, Ken Davis, Jeff Walker, Jack Canfield, Mark Victor Hansen. I mean, you've had the privilege of working with some high-profile people out there. I, I tell, Just give people a little snippet about why is copywriting so important, you know, we're, we're going to delve into that deeply, but I want to just give you a little bit of that, and then I want to ask you about some of these people that you've had the privilege of working with. Well, thank you for those kind words, Dan. And, you know, copywriting is so important because really, first of all, let's clarify, some folks may not realize that copywriting is not about protecting your intellectual property. It's about writing the sales copy that persuades people to buy your products, your services, or your ideas. And a long time ago, decades ago, there was a man named 
Albert Lasker, who was looking for a, a definition of a field of endeavor. And the field of endeavor was advertising, and he was one of the top people in advertising at the time. And he couldn't really define what advertising really was. And there was a young up-and-coming copywriter who wrote ad copy who said, I can tell you what advertising is. And he famously said, it's salesmanship in print. And mm. I, used to, I used to tell people, they, they'd say, well, what is a copywriter? What do you do? And I, I used to tell people, I'm a typing salesman. That's what I am. And I was proud of that and excited about it because I believe that it's the world's oldest profession. And I know many of you probably think you know that the world's oldest profession is something else, but that's not right. What the world's oldest profession is, is communicating an idea to persuade people to agree with your idea. And that idea might be a belief that you want people to have, or it might be to buy a product or a service. And if you can't strategically communicate the value that you bring to the world, nobody will buy from you, and you will not be in business very long. That's why it's so important. Didn't we see that on the walls of caves as we uncovered them? Yes. That was, pro that was probably ad spots back then. It, it was. It was well. It was ads for you know we're the we're the best hunters in the world. Don't mess with us. That's right. You know, that's funny. You you clarified the distinction between copywriting being protecting your copy. I have never thought about that connection. It's obviously the same word, but when I think about what you're doing, it's certainly a different kind of category. Now, when we think about this and when we think about the fact that you've worked with, you know, Tony Robbins and Jeff Walker and Michael Hyatt, some of the names that I've already mentioned here, I mean, that's one thing. So how does the average guy on the street, somebody who's starting out as a beginning entrepreneur, they got a little business, you know, they're doing $100,000 a year in total business. How can we take advantage of copywriting and what effect is it likely to have on our business? Well, there are methods, there are structures for communication that have been proven to be effective at conveying a persuasive message. And so for any small business person uh, or professional or entrepreneur, I would really commend to you the study of communicating effectively and persuasively through the power of copywriting in particular. And there's there are different names for this kind of writing, but I think people who focus on the term copywriting tend to be much more direct and clear about what we're trying to accomplish. And the reason is it was born out of the business of direct mail and direct selling through the mail. And in fact, even today when we write copy for websites, we often refer to copy that sells a product on a website as sales letters. And people sometimes are confused by that because they say, well, it's a website. It's, it's not a letter. But the, the language originated from when we used to send direct sales pitches in the mail in the form of a letter. So you might say to yourself, well, I, I operate a small business or a consultancy or an insurance agency or whatever your business is locally. That doesn't really apply to me. Yes, it does. Because ultimately, Dan, I believe that every communication that we have as business people is copy. And it's either selling people on the idea of doing business with us or it's selling people on the idea of not doing business with us. When I say everything's copy, I mean your business card is copy. Your brochures obviously are copy. The sign on your business is copy. 
what you say when you answer the phone, what your receptionist says when people walk into the front room of your business, it's all copy, and it should all be consciously engineered to move people along a continuum toward making a decision. And the decision is either, yes, I need to invest with this business because they bring value to my life, or no, I don't need to invest with this business. And frankly, I'm okay with either decision because none of us has a product that's right for every single person in the world. But I think we serve others best and we serve our own business best if we consciously, strategically move people toward making a decision. Well, that's a lot of information when we start to think about the application of that to our businesses. Let's, let's take an example here. Let's, let's go a little bit deeper with a couple of examples I've mentioned Jack Canfield and Mark Victor Hansen, co-creators of the Chicken Soup for the Soul series. So they've got a book. Now, they have sold a whole lot of copies of those books. So it's not just a matter of having a good book. I mean, tell us how you were involved in helping them with copy that took their books to the kind of sales that they had. Now, what goes beyond just having good content in a book what are the kind of things that are going to lead people to make a purchasing decision? Well, it really comes down to what will I as the buyer get out of buying and reading your book? And there's, there's actually two sales that you make as uh, someone who's selling a book. Um, and all of this is predicated on the idea, first of all, that your book is excellent, that it brings value, that it really does something for people. And so let's just assume that that's the case. You've got two sales you need to make. One is you've got to sell me on buying the book. And the, the reason that I'm going to buy the book is that old famous maxim, is that we're all listening to one radio station. It's called WIIFM, What's In It For Me. And that's what I want to know. If I'm going to shell out 10 bucks for your book, why? What do I get out of it? So that's to get me to buy the book. The next sale you've got to make is to get me to read the book. And the book itself is copy. So, you know, as I look at my bookshelf, here's a here's a really here's a really famous book. It's called 48 Days to the Work You Love. Hey, buy it now. It's it's an awesome book. And right in the title, Dan, is the sales proposition, the unique selling proposition. There's a guy named Rosser Reeves who is an advertising giant who came up with this term, the unique selling proposition. And he said that any ad that you had, that you wrote, any campaign that you created had to contain a unique selling proposition. And he came up with a little slogan you may have heard of. It's called, this certain candy melts in your mouth, not in your hands. Mm, what candy was absolutely. that? M&M's. M&M's. We all know that. And so... You have a unique selling proposition right in the title of your book, 48 Days to the Work You Love. It's unique because it speaks to a very particular group of people in a very particular situation. They're in work they don't love, and they want out. And they don't want out a year or 10 years from now. They want out fast. And you have a very specific promise in that title. And that gets people to pick that book up. And they look at the cover, and it's a great-looking cover. And we all judge books by their cover, no matter what people tell you. We all do it. And you flip it over, and there's copy on the back, and there's copy on the inside flaps, and it's all selling the benefits of if you buy this book, this is what you're going to get. You're going to get a plan that will help you in 48 days get to the work you love. And then in the book itself, once they've bought the book, the next 
realm of copy that we get into is the content of the book itself. You've got to title your chapters and your subheadings in such a way that it pulls your readers through the experience of reading the book. And why is that important? Well, because, Dan, I, I believe I know a little something about your business, and I think you've got more things to offer people than just that one book. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so, so in the book itself, there are connection points where people can get involved with other products and services that you have available. And the experience of reading the book has got to be like a series of little explosions of pleasure for people. As they're reading each chapter, they should get a little aha moment. A little, they should pick up a little tool or a technique or something that instills in them the belief that they can do this, whatever this thing is that you're selling them on the idea that they can do. And within the context of the book, you lead them through the process that you're teaching so that ideally, even if I sit down and read 48 Days to the Work You Love and I don't get up and do anything, which would be counter to your philosophy, your way of doing things, I know, but even if I just read it in one sitting, I should finish the book with the feeling, I can do this, I can accomplish this, the belief and a mission. The best books have a call to action. They don't just give you ideas and say, now take those ideas and good luck with them. They give you a, a plan, a, a, a challenge, a, something to march forward. And so if you can do those two things, you, you sell the book initially to people who want to buy it because of the title and the benefits that you spell out on the cover and the promise that's made and the unique selling proposition there. And then you build sustainability through selling people on the ideas throughout the content of the book. And that's what grows the book sales by word of mouth. You don't want to be like the movies that come out on a weekend, have a gigantic opening weekend, then all the people who saw it go out and tell their friends the truth about it, and it's crickets next weekend. You don't want to have that happen. Yeah, absolutely. Now, it's easy for me to plug in the concepts, and thank you for using 48 Days as an example, because yeah, I'm constantly thinking about that, and I see when I write I see it even in published books all the way through calls to action and calls to get engaged with 48 Days in other ways. You know, most of the people listening tonight in the 48 Days on the community probably came in in that direction, got 48 Days to the work you love, boom, got involved in other things. Now, let's step out of that for just a minute. Now, you and I love the information space and doing things online. Let's take something that's a little more basic. This afternoon, my yard guys were here. So they were out here, you know, blowing the leaves because a lot of leaves have come down the last couple of weeks, cleaning up flower beds, getting ready for winter and all that. How is copywriting important to somebody who has a business like that? Well, I love these examples because people sometimes ask me, well, you're in this information marketing business. This stuff doesn't mm -hmm. work in real business. And I laugh because it works 10 times better in real businesses, quote, real businesses, different mm -hmm. brick-and-mortar local businesses. I saw uh, a car today on my way back to the office this afternoon that had some great copy on it. It was for a, a home cleaning service, a maid service. And it said on the side of this car, stop coming home to a second job. Oh, my gosh. And That's it had a great. phone number. Yeah, it's brilliant, right? Because – it speaks right wow. to the pain point that the customer of the ideal customer of that business is experiencing. And the pain is, I, I'm so tired from my job. I don't want to come home and have another job. I want to come home and relax in a beautiful, clean home. So that Golly. one line of copy 
which is what that is. It's copy. It's a little rolling billboard. It has a unique selling proposition contained in it and a phone number, and that's the phone number is the implied call to action. So you could use that same copy for if you do a yard maintenance service. You could use that same exact headline. Don't stop coming home to a second job. That is great. I already wrote that down. Boy, somebody, you know, I mean, somebody really hit it there. That is a great example of copy. Now, let me give you another example. Right today, I had lunch with one of our master coaches at a local restaurant here where I have frequented probably twice a week on average for the last 10 years. Now, I've introduced a whole lot of other people there. I've had business meetings there. We've had 12, 14 people there. The people there are wonderful. They're gracious. They help me practice on my Spanish. So anyway, matter of fact, I don't know if you and I have ever been there together, but it's a place that I frequent a lot. They have never asked me my name. They've never asked for an email address. They've never communicated with me in any way outside of me walking in there. Just when I do, I'm there. When I'm not, I'm not. And yet they continue to run you know, pay for their little ads in coupon books, you know, $2 off if you come in. Now, how could, obviously, there's a whole lot of components involved here, but how could the idea of effective copywriting transform a business like that? Oh, this is so exciting because uh, they're they're actually wasting the, the best opportunity you can have as a business owner. That is, the least expensive customer to get is the one you already have. The most expensive customer to get is a new one. And yet, for some reason, business people and entrepreneurs want to focus on getting new customers, and they run Yellow Pages ads, and they spend all this money to get new customers. And we have to do that, but what if we could take the customers we already have and get them to spend more money more frequently? You could double or triple your business without getting a single new customer if you could just do that. So how do you do it? Well, in the case of your restaurant friends, they could go get uh, an account with something like AWeber or MailChimp, a simple email autoresponder service that anybody, don't have to be technical, anybody could use it. And you just get an account and you have people fill in their email address. You could have a little computer sitting right up on the counter and say, hey, put in your email address and we'll send you half-off coupons, we'll, we'll send you special deals like on Tuesday nights, we'll have something that'll be free. They could figure out, you know, what are their slow nights and what promotions could they do and start building up a database of people who frequent their restaurant and then start sending them emails. And emails, then are copy. They're copywriting. So the subject line, think of it as the headline. It's like the, you know, don't come home to a second job. Don't cook, we'll do the cooking. And then the content of the email is talking about the specials that we're offering tonight, or you could even get more conceptual about it. You could talk to your customer and you could say, here's the story of how um, our friend David turned his marriage around thanks to our restaurant. And you could write a little story about how David and his wife weren't dating anymore, they weren't romancing one another anymore, and he started taking her out to this restaurant and they had these wonderful dates. And tell a little story about how the restaurant brightened up their life. And the implication in that story is here's an opportunity for you to brighten up your own marriage, inject some romance and some fun back into the relationship. And, of course, the way you're going to do that is to come to Ray and the Three Amigos restaurant. And it's just a little copy, a little story, a little selling, and it's done in a very friendly, non-sleazy, non-salesy kind of way. 
but it works, and it's so easy for local businesses like restaurants and, and other uh, establishments. I, I think about, I go to a gym. I pay this gym 30 bucks a month, and they've never asked for my email address. They never mm -hmm. send me any emails. They never send me any promotions. And I think, hey, I'm excited to be here. Why don't you offer me something else for sale? Write a little copy and send it to me. Absolutely. You know, it, it, it just breaks your heart to see that when it seems like there are s such obvious ways to leverage and grow a business, and yet you, we see them in a go out of business day after day after day. Now, again, the, 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 give us a couple examples, even if it's historically, of great copy in ads that we would all recognize and why the copy was so effective. Well, let me give you an example that it goes back decades and then was revived again recently and still works to this day. How does that sound? All right. All right. So there was a copywriter named John Caples, and he was selling a home study course that taught people how to play the piano. And this was back in the, I think it was in the 50s. And the it was a full-page magazine ad, and it had a sketched picture, like a little hand-drawn picture of a guy sitting at a piano, and the headline of the copy said, they all laughed when I sat down at the piano, but when I started to play, and the, the ad goes on to talk about how amazed his friends were at the party when he started playing the piano and they had no idea, and he was the life of the party, and he was the hit, and all the ladies were in love with him, and his life changed because he took these home study piano lessons. So that was a hugely successful ad for John Caples, and he recycled that idea many times in many different uh, venues and for many different products. And most recently, there's a little company that teaches people how to speak foreign languages. You may have heard of them. They're called Rosetta Stone. Mm -hmm. And they ran an ad in the very recent past that said something like, I don't remember exactly what the headline was, but it was something like this. And I, I laughed out loud when I saw the ad in the airline magazine. It said, they all laughed when I asked for the menu in Italian, but when I started to order, and it was the same ad, just recycled, and it did great for Rosetta Stone. They sold a lot of Italian language courses because of that ad. So uh, you can take these classic ads and recycle them, and they still work like crazy. You know, and, and there's some that you just will never get out of your mind, you know, that Golly, the old Pepto-Bismol ads, and uh, there's so many. You know, I'd walk a mile for a camel. Golly, even for products that you'd never use, you can't get the, the ad out of your mind if it was an appealing and engaging copy. Right, right. And think, well, think about this. Finish this sentence for me, Dan. Winston tastes good like a... Cigarette should. I've never smoked a cigarette in my life. And it's been over 30 years since those ads appeared anywhere. Uh-huh. And yet Boy, you still remember. That's the power of great copy. Now, in your in your book, where you've you've got lots of resources and we want to alert people to. And incidentally, you know, you've got a group in forty eight days dot net community. So, you know, if people are in that group, they can ask questions there. We can go on and on. And if you're listening right now, and lots of you are, both online with me here and in the chat room over there with Alan Jackson. 
if you want to ask a question for Ray, get it in the queue. We got a lot of them coming in, but get it in the queue. And in a little bit, we're going to switch to go, those and go through just as many as we possibly can. So we've got plenty of things here that I want to ask Ray. But if you got a question, just submit it in there, and we'll try to work it in. But you've got a group on 48days.net. Obviously, people can get involved there. You address these kind of things. Boom, there. Let me. Uh, if we have time, I'll come back to that. In your book, Writing Riches, you talk about the magic building blocks of sales copy. So, again, knowing that a lot of us are kind of novices in this area, what are those building blocks of sales copy? And how can we use them in the variety of businesses that we're involved in? Well, I've got a great, super short, and very useful answer for you to that question. And the truth is, when you get my book, Writing Riches, you will discover that what I'm about to tell you is not in the book. It will be in the revised edition that I'm working on. But this is um, this is very powerful and a very condensed tool that you could put to work tonight. And then if you get the book, you could expand on the ideas that I'm going to give you, and you could write something more complex and more sophisticated. But if you want to write just a quick piece of copy that can be super effective. I've been teaching people recently a framework I call the PASTOR copywriting framework, P-A-S-T-O-R. And I'm not suggesting that you become a preacher, but what I am saying is that the original meaning of the word pastor was that it meant to shepherd. And what does a shepherd do? A shepherd protects and cares for the sheep. So instead of being a super salesperson and pitching people all the time, what we're doing is I'm suggesting we write copy in a way that shepherds our people, our flock, toward a good decision for them. And here's how you use the word pastor to remember how to do this. It's a, remember, it's a framework for writing an ad about anything. And you could use this to write a, an ad that appears in the newspaper or that appears on the Internet or that is a blog post that leads people to a buying decision, whatever. And here's how it works. P, I'll give you the what the letters stand for, and then I'll explain very briefly how to use it. P stands for problem. You begin by addressing the problem that people are dealing with. When you come home at night, do you feel like you come home to a second job because you have to cook your own meals and clean your own house? A stands for amplify, and it means to amplify the pain of the problem and really what you're trying to do is illustrate the cost of not solving the problem because that's the only reason people will buy. The only reason people will buy anything is if they feel like there's a cost to not solving the problem. If it's more painful to hang on to their money and keep the problem than it is to give the money and get rid of the problem. So to amplify, you would just expand on what does it mean when you have to come home to a second job? It means you're tired. It means you're exhausted. It means you can't spend time with your family. It means you're grumpy and grouchy, and nobody in the house is happy. Why would you keep living that way? You could, it could mean that the end of your family. That's, I'm exaggerating a bit, but you get the idea. <laughs> sure. So S stands for story and solution. Well, that's why we created the ready-made service. Because we can come in for just a few dollars, less money than you probably spend at Starbucks every month, and we can have your house spick and span and your dinner prepared, and you can have time to sit around the table with your family and enjoy one another's company and laugh and relax and live the life that you really want to live with your spouse and with your children. So you've told a story and you've given a solution. And then T is for testimony. This is where other people testify to the effectiveness of your solution. And so this might be where you have two or three 
people that you quote who say, I hired the ready-made service and it made such a difference in my life and my husband loves me so much because our house is clean now. He's taking me on a on a cruise with Dan Miller in February. Rock and, and roll. <laughs> so um, that you give you let people give testimony. A preponderance of truth, as one of my colleagues has said. And then O stands for offer. And the offer is where you describe what you're offering for sale. And a lot of people goof this up, and they, they feel like they're supposed to describe the deliverables. Like, we'll show up at your house for 1.5 hours every other week and do the following tasks of cleaning. Well, that is describing the deliverables, but what you really want to describe with the offer is the transformation that you're bringing. So you do have to say, we're going to show up every other week at your house, or we're going to be there every every single week, or whatever your schedule is. But what we're going to do is we're going to transform your house from a chaotic, cluttered mess to a neat and clean, safe haven that everybody loves to come home to, and it looks like something straight out of a Hallmark card. And then R stands for response, and this is where you ask for the sale. And in the case of a, like a maid service or uh, if you're offering insurance or some other product where you need to talk with people, you're not selling the product itself. You're just selling the conversation that they need to have with you. So you give them a phone number. And you just ask for the specific action that you want them to take. Call this number. Fill out this form on the website. Click the button. Whatever you need them to do to take the next step. So it's problem, amplify, story and solution, testimony, offer, and response. Think of that as just the big framework around whatever kind of ad or copy that you're writing, and you will write much more effective copy just by following that brief little outline. Golly, that is golden. That is awesome to see it that simply laid out. Now, you just described, you know, how we can do a product launch, introduce a new product or service, you know, share the story of your book. I mean, anything that we can imagine can be put into that. You, you know, Advertising for a restaurant, a dry cleaners, anything can be put in this framework. As interesting as you described that and knowing that you've had clients like Jeff Walker, I mean, you just went through a Jeff Walker's product launch formula, essentially, right there. That's what he does. Now, let me throw out another, just a little caveat here, Ray, and you and I can talk freely. I don't have to stick to any kind of a script because you and I have known each other a long time, and I, I value your wisdom for moving in any direction we want to. There's a recent book out that you and I both have talked about a lot, and that's Gary Vanacek's book, Jab, 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 Right Hook. The idea being if you ask too quickly for a sale, you haven't built that trust rapport. And people are gun-shy today of being sold to because we get hammered from so many directions every day. How do we integrate if you have any kind of business? You can pick an example if you want, but if you, whatever the business is, how do we go through this sequence of giving, giving, giving to build trust and rapport before we go to asking for a response? Well, I think it's a really good point you bring up because you do need to give. And I love to give people uh, results in advance in the sales copy itself so that my philosophy is if somebody reads my sales copy, then I, even if they choose not to buy, I want them to feel like it was time well invested because they got something useful out of the copy itself. In fact, one of the greatest compliments I can get is when somebody says to me, you know, I read your article online and I decided to buy your product. And I, I smile because I want people to feel like they're reading an article or a special report. 
not like they're reading a sales pitch. And so we need to think about, as entrepreneurs and business people, how can we offer value to individuals even if they don't buy from us? So an example would be if you run an auto body shop, you probably know the kinds of ripoffs that people deal with in that industry when they go into an auto body shop and they're clueless about the processes and the ways in which they could be taken advantage of. So what if you didn't do what all the other auto body shop owners do and put a Yellow Pages ad in that just has your phone number and says that you take insurance, you give free insurance estimates? And what if you didn't say all the same things that your competitors said, but you offered a a free consumer awareness guide, the seven ways that auto body shops can rip you off and how to avoid these scams. And you took an indirect approach to getting the business. Well, your ad in the yellow pages would then stand out head and shoulders above anybody else's ad. And maybe you just give a link to this free guide on the on your website, right in the ad. People go to the website, they download the free guide or they read it online. And when they finish reading, here's what's going to happen half the time. They're going to feel like, well, these people gave me real value and didn't try to pitch me something, and they're the ones telling me how to avoid getting scammed. I'm going to do business with them. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, now, in, in the space where a lot of us online here are tonight, where we are in online businesses, we are promoting informational products and services. Help us understand this balance. I mean, there are people who say, if you write a blog and you don't have a call to action where somebody can buy one of your products, you're wasting your time. And there are other people that say, you know, more of the jab, 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 right hook kind of thing. Give, 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 then ask. Only ask about one out of five times. We've heard every kind of formula imaginable about there. What's your take on that? You do a blog. You do a podcast. I mean, how frequently should we ask, move people to action, and how much do we just continue to give information without any real clear call to action? Well, I think the first thing I want to say is that I believe that there's a, a level of personal choice here and that there's many right answers. And it depends on different I, – I, I, it's the ultimate consultant's answer, right? It depends. It depends <laughs> on what is the competitive landscape like in, in the market that you're selling to. What have they been accustomed to seeing from others? What are your needs as a business owner? All these things come into play. But as a general rule of thumb – I like to deliver value um, in a, about a three-to-one ratio before I ask for uh, a sale or uh, I make a call to action. However, on my website I have various calls to action. I think the key is being authentically giving when you're providing real value and information. If I write a blog post and it's clear that the only purpose of the blog post was to get you to buy my stuff. If it just feels like a sales pitch from top to bottom, nobody is fooled by that, and, and people feel like they've been scammed. If, on the other hand, I write a blog post that delivers real value with a tool or an idea or a tactic that the reader can take and put to work in their own life today and benefit from, and at the end of that blog post I have a, just a link to my product, that doesn't feel like a sales pitch. And so I think that if you come from a place of authentically wanting to help people, 
then you can more easily ask for an action without feeling like you're imposing on them. And let me just say this. I think the mistake a lot of people make in this free economy where we give away lots of free stuff as a value so we entice people to get on our marketing list and buy from us, the mistake that is made is we're giving away the wrong kinds of free information. If you're going to give away information, whether it's in a podcast or in a blog post or in a special PDF that you give to people as a download, whatever it may be, always make sure the free information that you're giving provides a context that leads people along a path toward making a buying decision. And what you're really doing is what my friend Jimmy D. Brown calls offering information that's useful but incomplete. And uh-huh. and some people say, well, that, that sounds manipulative. Well, not really, because think about it. I'm I'm doing my best to give to you and the folks in the 48 Days community on this call, but I can't possibly tell you everything I know about copywriting in 48 minutes. I just can't do it. So what I'm giving you is useful, but it's incomplete. Absolutely. And in giving freely as you are, giving us formulas as you have, you're increasing the level of trust. Now, I've got to get to some questions here. You know, one of those, I want to just interject it right now because I'm seeing it pop up here. People are talking about it. And that is a course that you had on profit from what you already know. Tell us about that. Well, that's a course that uh, helps people identify what knowledge, skills, experience, or wisdom they already have and how to translate that into products that they can sell to other people using the power and the distribution of the Internet to profit without having to make a big capital investment and buy a restaurant or some kind of building or facility or something like that. And so that course is not currently available. We will make it available again in the near future, but it was about taking your ideas and turning them into income. Okay. All right. Now, we also want to let people know how they can continue to be informed about things you're offering like that. What's the best way to do that, Ray? It's very simple. Just go to rayedwards.com, R-A-Y-E-D-W-A-R-D-S.com. And if you want to get some free copywriting guides, I have some infographics, some very easy-to-understand visual charts that you can use to help you write better copy. I have several of them that teach you about how to develop a USP, how to write headlines, how to write the copy that comes in the body of your text, um, and they're very easy to understand. Just put in your email address there on the site, and you get those absolutely free. And we'll keep you up to date on the things that we're offering, the things that we're doing that might be useful to you. Awesome. Do you think that most people, you know, most authors, people who have businesses online, really struggle with this this issue, or do they just throw something out there and think, well, that's good enough? I mean, are people aware of how critical words these lead-ins, book titles, things like that are? Um, I think most people don't assign it the importance that they should. And that's evidenced by just look at some of the awful, horrible copy that ends up on websites and on book covers. I mean, I've read some good books that it was it was an almost an accident that I read the book because the cover and the title was so terrible. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, you have to wonder how some of those get through, uh, not only just the authors, but publishers as well, uh, apparently don't recognize the power of having a great title. Um, you know, we, we've heard a lot of recently, Ray, about product launches. I mean, everybody's got this formula that they're using. You know, Jeff Walker's made that term really, really popular, product launch formula. Is that something that still works, or do people know exactly what's going on? Is there pushback, even if that's done well? Well, yes, there's pushback if you do it exactly like everybody else is currently doing it. And mm. the the reason is not that there's anything wrong with the way it's being done, but it's because people have seen this magic trick before. And so they know that, you know, the quarter is actually in your other hand. Not, it didn't come out of my ear. So the surprise, the surprise and the delight is spoiled. And so the principles behind Jeff's system are solid because they're based on human psychology, which doesn't change. But if you really want to maximize the benefits of doing a product launch, I believe you've got to be elegant and artful in the way you do it and apply the principles and don't just copy the form or else you'll just have the form without the power. You know, I see so many of those things coming through, and I think, oh, my gosh, here we go again. You know, the little tease, the three little videos, and it, it seems very contrived. I love those words, artful and elegant. Those are great words to overlay the kind of work that we're doing. Now, we're, we're going to run out of time to ask you all the questions. I've got a couple more, and then I'm going to go to listener questions we've got lining up here. In this space where we are, and knowing that we're talking a lot about online, but also offline businesses, legitimate businesses out there that can be built, whether it is a landscaping business, a window washing business, or a restaurant, dry cleaning, or cleaning, cleaning your house, where do you think the biggest opportunities are going to be in this area of using effective copy three years from now? Well, it's interesting that you ask this, because this comes up from time to time, and the truth is, it doesn't matter what new technologies or what new social media or what new streaming sites or the the medium or the channel doesn't change the psychology of human beings. And here's the facts about human beings. We love stories and we all have different areas where we experience pain in our life and someone who can tell us a story about how our pain could be relieved and can offer the proof that that can happen is the person we will pay attention to and do business with. So the opportunity is really in learning the skill of persuasive communication and storytelling, copywriting. And whatever mediums come along, whether there's a new streaming service or video service or who knows, Dan, maybe we'll have three-dimensional holographic watches that we carry around with us and we'll live in a world like Avatar, but still... It's the tailspinners, the storytellers, the people who can communicate persuasively who will succeed in whatever business they happen to be in. You know, years ago, I had an auto accessories business, and it, things really went well for me. It was just a delight to do. I'm a car guy. I loved what I was doing. And during that period of time, we had one of the gas crunches, and a whole lot of people decided, gee, they ought to go back to riding bicycles or you know, not drive cars that consume any gas at all. And my mother, you know, was concerned about my business. You know, what, Dan, what are you going to do if people stop driving cars? I said, Mom, it won't make any difference at all. I'll, I'll put 
accessories on their wagons, their wheelbarrows, their bicycles, their buggies. We're still going to have transportation, even if it is in a different form. We have to have that kind of mentality today. We can't get too married to any one thing. You know, one of the things that, golly, I wish we had a little more time to talk about it, and that is, you know, Facebook, the people that are building their entire business on Facebook, boy, that's like building a building on rented land, and with the changes that they can make in a nanosecond, uh, that that may be pretty shaky ground. So I think we need to uh, to vary how we are presenting our products and services so we aren't don't have all our eggs in one basket, so to speak, there. Absolutely. Now, are there, are there any types of businesses where the importance that we're talking about copy having, where it really does not work? Anything at all? I I can't think of a business where you could not benefit from employing the power of copywriting. And I think the maid service we were talking about is just a, another great example um, to bring that back to the conversation because you would think that market is saturated. There are hundreds or thousands of these businesses all across America. It probably just comes down to who's the cheapest and who does a good job and who doesn't steal the stuff out of your house. But no, it's if you can find a, a fresh way to language what you do and speak to people's heart and to their pain, then you can make an increase in the number of sales that you make to your existing customers and even to the amount. You know, here's a great piece of copy that we've all heard a, a thousand times, and it's been responsible for uh, probably billions of dollars in sales now. Here's the copy. Would you like fries with that? <laughs> There's a great upsell, absolutely. Yep, billions of dollars just with that one simple phrase. Wow, love it. Now, let me, let me throw in some questions here. Uh, Deb from New York says, Ray, what's the best way to test our copy to see if it will likely pull the right clients? Well, it depends on where you normally sell to your clients. The best way to sell, to test your copy, is to test it in the environment in which you're already advertising or marketing or having a conversation with clients. If you happen to operate online, there's a, a world of easy ways to test copy. You can use uh, Google has a um, content optimizer service that's free. Um, there's a site called Optimizely. You can do advertising on Facebook where you can do split testing. of. You can run two ads that are different and you split them to the same to a large group of people and you can calculate well which ads more effective so that's an easy way to test your ads and it's so beautiful because it used to be with direct mail we had to spend millions or hundreds of thousands of dollars to test a campaign and be statistically accurate and now you can test things on Google AdWords for a hundred dollars and know whether or not it's going to work yeah wow now Ray I'm 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 come came from the old school like you I've been around a while I get coaches for any area of my business that I want to improve. So when I get into blogging, I got a blog coach. When I get into podcasting, I got a podcast coach. You know, I've got a strategic business coach that I'm working with right now. I work with a vocal coach. You know, any any area at all where I want rapid improvement, I call in an expert in that area. So Deb asks here, Ray, if someone is not great at writing ad copy, what should they expect to pay for a great copywriter? Well, a beginning copy. Yeah, I want to you know, launch your website. I need some copy for the home page. Right. Um, so a beginning copywriter who's good but just starting out, you could get them to write a, a single sales page anywhere from uh, $1,000 to $5,000. 
but when you're in that range, there's a lot of people who claim to be copywriters who are just not very good. So you've got to check their references and get to look at their work and do the, do the homework and talk to clients of theirs and see what results they've gotten. And you don't want to you don't want to get testimonials that say, I loved the writing, the writing was clever and it was good. You want to get results that said, when I put this copy on my website, my sales doubled or tripled or we made X number of dollars. And um, if, you, if you get an intermediate level, an experienced copywriter who's really good, a sales letter could cost you anywhere from 10000 to $25,000. Uh, my fees, I don't take clients anymore, but when I did, uh, my fee for doing a product launch, for instance, uh, was $100,000 plus a percentage of sales. All right. That gives us a good range. So if somebody like General Motors is launching a new Cadillac model, then what are they likely to pay a copywriter to get that ad on TV? I and mean, car ads are, are just so notorious for grabbing your attention. They never focus on the features of the car. It's always, you know, what, what kind of experience you're going to have. What are they paying copywriters to help them get those 30-second spots that get our attention? Well, they're paying an entire agency, an entire team. So they're paying millions of dollars for that 30 seconds worth of content. That's not even taking into account what it cost them to buy the airtime. It's just what it took to create the content of the ad. Yeah. I I love you giving us those kind of ranges and realistic ranges to realize this is a valuable commodity. I mean, if you had that one phrase that in your business was going to add another $100,000 to your business – could you justify having paid $10,000 for a sales copy that got you that? Well, sure. I mean, how, how can we encourage people to see the connection rather than just you know, struggling along and then deciding, well, the economy's bad, you know, my business didn't work? How can we sometimes see the opportunities that may be opened up just by having somebody look over our shoulder and improve the copy? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's exactly right. I, I have a... Um um, well, had a, a colleague who passed away a few years ago, a really great copywriter named Gary Halbert, and he used to say, you're only one good sales letter away from total financial freedom. Oh, my gosh. That's powerful. One good sales letter away. Wow. All right. Now, Ray, you have examples of all these things on your site, sales copy, those tips we talked about, so a lot yes. of things that people can access there, rayedwards.com. Yes. Awesome. All right. Um, Craig, Craig says, Ray, love your podcast. Great to have you all together tonight. Uh, we got a lot of other questions that are pretty well covered, I think. Let me tell people a little bit more about some of the products, or you can tell us. You've got a weekly podcast, and, again, they can access that through com. What are some of the other things, resources that you have available, Ray? You've had so many over the years. Just give us the highlights of a couple that that people could access right now. Well, on the website, as I said, you can get access to our free copywriting guides. Probably these are almost like templates that you can start using immediately to write better ads for your products or services or website. So definitely go and and grab those. Um, I have over 600 different articles that I've written on the blog. I've got 130 four episodes now of the podcast, and many of the podcasts are like miniature tutorials or lessons on copywriting and marketing based on my work with my clients. And then as we, we've been doing a, a lot of smaller classes, 
uh, less expensive instruction for people recently, and we open the classes periodically, and then we let people in, and we have interaction. We do Q&A calls, and then we close them back down again. So the best way to know when our next class is available, and we have a, a copywriting class coming up here in a few weeks that's going to be starting, and the best way to know about that is just get on our email list, and we'll send you a notification and let you know as soon as that becomes available. All right. Ray, I know you also are infamous for your one-day mastermind events where you have like 10 people get together and just blast through the business questions that they have. Do those have kind of a structured agenda, or is that really just an open brainstorming process? We have a, a very structured agenda. We uh, limit them to a maximum of 12 people, and every person comes prepared. with They get 30 minutes, and they get 15 minutes to present their best ideas, tips, tools, tactics, or things that have worked for them in their business to the rest of the group, and they get 15 minutes to give us their biggest challenge or problem that they're having and then receive feedback from the group in a very structured way, and I coach people through how to offer this feedback. And so by the time we go through 12 people, 30 minutes each, we take a little time to take a break, we end up using up 8 to 10 hours of the day and we have a meal together, sometimes two meals together. And these one-day masterminds uh, are powerful. I have yet to conduct one where I didn't have people say at the end, this was worth ten times what I invested to be here. I had no idea how powerful this was going to be. Well, I, I love the concept, as you know. I've had the privilege of being in one of those, a couple of those one-day masterminds with you. And what happens there is beyond description. It's amazing how when you get bright minds together in a room with some leadership like yours, you can uncover those best practices and release opportunities that you didn't even realize were there. That's right. So, And, again, somebody's got to be on your short list to be able to even know about uh, those because they are so limited in the people that you can take in. But I, I appreciate your, your openness to um, you know, open up those kind of opportunities to let people who, who maybe don't have $100,000 to invest in a product launch but could come up with 1000 bucks to spend an entire day and get that kind of input from you specifically for their business. Well, Ray, man, I appreciate your being with us tonight, your availability, your openness, your, your um, gentle heart, your heart of serving that I know that you certainly have and display through your podcast, your blogs, everything that you do. I've never sensed any way uh, some kind of manipulation or conning in what you do or say or being around you, knowing you personally. We've had the privilege of speaking at conferences together, and I, I see the, that you really are the, the guy I think you are. There's nobody else behind the, behind the black curtain. So thanks for being authentic. You, you share that. I encourage people to get involved listening to your podcast. It is those mini-seminars on a weekly basis that you're given there. They can go back in the archives, look at topics, get a lot more information there, connect with Ray at RayEdwards.com. Ray, any, any parting words of wisdom for our audience tonight? And you're part of this 48 Days community. We value that highly. Any parting words of wisdom for the people listening? Well, I would just like to say, first of all, thank you, Dan, for the invitation. It's, I'm so honored to be on this call with you and everybody else who's on board and honored to interact with you in the community. Just if you have questions for me, follow up there. And I guess the, the final thought that, I would, that comes to mind for me that I would like to share is to think about this. 
Um, whatever it is that you're doing in your business, whatever you service you offer or product you provide, I believe we owe it to our potential customers. We owe it to them to be the very best marketers and business people we possibly can be because if we don't do the best job we can at that, who are we robbing? Who will be robbed of what you have to offer? Who will be robbed of the life-changing value that you bring to the table? And who are you to deprive them of that if you are given those gifts? Well, that's a great way to wrap it up. You know, true, authentic, professional selling is sharing enthusiasm. If we have something that we would want our parents and next-door neighbors and cousins to have, yeah, then we need to look in the mirror if we deprive people of experiencing that. Ray, thank you so much, my friend, for being with us. We're going to wrap up here, a little YouTube music again to take us out. Thanks to all of you for being on the call tonight. Every Tuesday night, we're doing these, putting a lot of content in the archive. This is going to stand alone as a classic on the importance of copywriting. Thanks for being with us tonight.